Hey, it's Dave Lotan, Chairman of Orion Resources. Orion is a gold exploration company working in Finland with multiple discoveries. We have investments from or partnerships with three major producers. We think that Lapland is the next emerging gold camp and we have a thousand square kilometers of it. You do, you have a lot of it. <laughs> have you been there? Have you been over? Many times, yeah. Every time we take a major company out, uh, I like to attend those meetings and, and make sure that we're we're uh, putting our best foot forward in terms of, uh, of those relationships. So I've probably taken seven companies out. Okay, okay. Yeah. I wanted to, I'm really glad you're in London. By the way, welcome to London, I should say. Nice welcome you, here. Because yeah. we talked uh, like online and we're finally meeting face to face. You're over at the conference, you're obviously doing the rounds over there. What type of investors are you seeing? Well, fewer than in the past. I think that the interest in junior gold plays is uh, probably at a trough or an eight or whatever you want to whatever mm -hmm. you want to call that at the moment. Um, but uh, we've been here probably for five consecutive years. We have some pretty large shareholders out of London, so that's always a good reason to come here. And I think that there's an underlying interest in uh, in gold stories in the UK and Europe that is always there. And it's really incumbent on the companies to find those investors and make sure that, that they hear the story. Right. I wanted you to come here today because I've been talking to companies about their strategies, their business plans and strategies and how they, how they deliver those and who's going to deliver them. Sure. And I think in this market, it's been really important for juniors to be a little bit more agile to just think about what's going on. Doing the same thing over and over sometimes doesn't work. So can we just kind of lay that out for people now? Because there's a few areas I want to go down. So you, sure. you've kind of got a, a parallel track going on. So explain that. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Agile, flexible, for sure. So uh, Orion started its life as a prospect general. I think we discussed that in our very first interview and we made a fairly significant discovery on our 100% own ground and had to decide whether or not we would pivot Mm -hmm. from a company that mostly partnered its properties to a company uh, that was going to put its own capital at risk in, in high risk and very expensive exploration programs. We had some pretty good luck early on with the discovery, uh, bringing capital in at you know 10 times where the, the, the stock had, had traded only 20 or so months previously. So we got money in at $1.50 after having been a 50 cent stock the year before mm -hmm. uh, from some pretty good investors in Canada. And then we got Money in from Kinross at 230 a share. Uh, Goldcorp invested in the company at 280 a share through the stock market. So the discovery was well capitalized in its early stages, and that's been a bit of a lifeline uh, mm -hmm. since it proved to be more difficult than we had hoped. But we didn't fully abandon our roots as a company that was doing partnerships. And one of our legacy partnerships with B2 Gold uh, turned out to be a property that was immediately beside uh, Rupert's wonderful yeah. Ickery discovery. And uh, after uh, four years uh, and probably close to $14 million spent, this gave B2 some pretty crucial evidence about right. uh, where a gold deposit might be on that property. It took about eight or nine months to get the permits uh, uh, um, to get the permits in force and to get drills uh, over to that part of the property, but they made a discovery within a couple of drill holes. And so while uh, our own discovery uh, has gone into hibernation uh, over the last couple of years, as we discussed, we lost our founder, Mike Bash, in 2019, and we're really scrambling over COVID to get the company uh, under a new leadership uh, regime and to think about how to repurpose exploration. 
thankfully, this joint venture uh, has begun to produce value, uh, I think, pretty significantly. Right. So, so, B, so B, B2 is putting money in the ground and they've yeah. put 14 million bucks in, in, in the ground. Yes. Um, what are they doing next? So you said they've got, they're encouraged. Mm -hmm. Encouraged to do what? Throw more money at it? Well, yes, and I mean, that's our business, really. Uh, these producing companies uh, have pipelines that always need to be refilled, and they refill, them, they refill those pipelines by doing brownfields exploration around their existing mines, but uh, brownfields ounces, while they're cheaper to produce, don't, doesn't lead to the next 20 million ounce deposit or 10 million ounce deposit or 5 million ounce deposit. Usually you're just adding production, uh, you're adding, you're adding back reserves in equivalent to production that, that, that you've yeah. uh, taken out of the ground in, in the prior years. So Greenfield's projects uh, are where the sort of super growth comes from for these companies. And some of the companies and B2 is one of them always like to be spending the high-risk greenfields dollars looking for the next large opportunity. And so Finland is, I think, something that's risen very high on their priority list. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and that's probably because uh, Rupert Zickery discovery has proven to be 4 million ounces in such a, a short a, period of time. I know, it's, it's, and and, it's and a compact, compact capital and compact drilling meters. So Right. Let's explain the setup here because that, the model is really important for people to get, right? right. Because as you say, it's, it's choppy waters for explorers. B2 have put a bunch of money in so far. What's the split in terms of the, the, the equity split there in terms of their, their, their earn-in? And more importantly, are you carried? Yeah, so we're not carried. It's a 70-30 joint venture. Right. They spent $15 million to earn their 70%. They had the option to go to 75, which would have required them to produce a feasibility study right. and arrange our project debt. We anticipate that would have been $50 million. And so with only three holes into the discovery, that would have given it a billion-dollar valuation. And, and we expected to be asked to contribute. We were extremely well-financed for a junior at the time. We had $25 million bucks mm -hmm. in the bank. Our contribution this year was uh, three million to start. When they increased the budget, our contribution went up to four and a half million. Yeah. Perhaps next year they could spend twenty million on the property, uh, and uh, that would be six from us. We have that money in the bank, and another six on top so of that. How much is on the Well, we probably had nineteen million dollars in the bank on June thirtieth, and we're we're budgeting to end the year at about twelve million in the bank. Okay. So. If it's a $20 million budget, we've got the dough set aside, and that still leaves us money to continue to work our own property. Right, and we'll come on to that in a second. But as, as a model, you've got the cash, you can match your, or so you can meet your requirements for next year, right. and it, but you're kind of like riding on the coattails, right? You, they, they are in charge we of the are. pace at which they move. It may be 20 million, it may be 10, maybe five, who knows? Correct. But how, so, so in terms of the valuation of the company, it's hard to kind of drive the value of the company when you're not in control, right? It is. Hence, you got to do, you got to move your own stuff forward, the stuff that you can be in control Indeed. of and allocate capital. Indeed. But it sounds like you've got money for that too. So what are you doing? Right, so uh, the, the pause that we had to take as a result of uh, losing Mike and, uh, and having COVID happen simultaneously uh, had one further side effect. During that period, Rupert made the Ikari discovery. And of mm -hmm. course, it's not just close to our joint venture border, but it's quite close to our own property as well. Yeah. And 
uh, Mike had been focused on these quartzite sediments uh, yeah. and and outcropping gold, which we had in incredible quantities. Yeah. Uh, but Rupert's discovery is in a different host rock, which uh, tends to result in more disseminated uh, gold deposits. And of course, uh, Ikari is an amazing discovery. It's large, it's geometrically uh, simple, and it's incredibly continuous. And this is why you're able to get 4 million ounces and only 36,000 meters. Mm. And again, the last time we talked, we talked about these multi 100,000 meter mm. Abitibi drill campaigns where you're going through hundreds of meters of dead rock to get to a narrow high grade target, which is what we had at Almorusco. Mm. It's a narrow uh, high grade vein system with some halos around the veins. Mm. It's certainly, we think, is a world class discovery, uh, but at 40 or 50 cents a share, how much money do you want to spend on yeah. that kind of a target? Yeah. So with the discovery, with the revelation of Akari, we decided we need to look in those rocks. There won't just be one of those. And that's already been demonstrated because B2 made the Helmi discovery literally the next year. And it isn't at the moment, I think, as good as Akari. It's about half as wide and it goes about one and a half grams, whereas Akari goes two and a half grams but it's three times the strike length already and seven kilometers along strike, we have a historical gold occurrence. And, and so we think there'll be more, we think the growth is on our side, uh, but more importantly, we might have one or two of these on our own ground yeah. uh, and we weren't looking in those rocks. So that's going back to square one and doing basic till testing. Yeah. And once you develop an inventory of targets there, you hit those with a scout drilling program and that's in progress right now. Right. Need to tell people you are a big shareholder of this. You you were a shareholder and you've had to step up to the plate. Sure. To to help help steer the ship, as it were. Obviously, yeah. Mike, you know, sad situation yeah. there, but you know, you, you've had to you've had to do that. You've also hired Maddie, who we've we've Correct. spoken to and had a technical interview with. Knows the area, knows what he's doing by by, by the sounds yeah. of it. But how do you talk to your current shareholders? Of which you are a major one. The biggest, I'm not yeah. talking about the institutional guys, sure. right? I'm talking about the retail guys looking in at this thing and going, do you know what, guys, it's going to be okay. We've come from a difficult place. Mm -hmm. We've got a plan. We think we, we're, we're, del we're delivering this dual track approach to, you know, the value creation. Markets are difficult, but it's going to be okay. How do you reassure them the, about the it's going to be okay bit? Well, and this is a good point. So uh, last year I put a couple million bucks in and I did that all through the stock market because uh, if we're going to meet investors and attempt to mm. persuade them to be a part of the story with us, they're likely gonna have to come in through the stock market. So that's the way I get my stock. I put in another million bucks this year. And one of the things we'd like investors to understand is given that uh, our commitment as a team, and I, mm. the team doesn't have quite as much equity as I do, but we make decisions together. Um, we, we are live on the risk. Yeah. Uh, we are increasing our risk, uh, increasing our exposure as, uh, the stock goes down and I suppose becomes more risky. So all the decisions that we're making, we're making first for all stakeholders, because in this day and age, you really need to make sure you look after, uh, your, your primary constituency, which is the communities that you're working in and the country that, that you're working in. But secondly, uh, to make the stock go up. 
That's the bit I want to hear about. That's the bit I want to hear about from you because, look, you're in it and you've doubled down, right? Okay, you've doubled down because, and that could be super smart or could be super stupid, right? So I'm interested in the bit where you go, I have confidence in the way that we have now reinterpreted the opportunity ahead of us. We're in the right, well, Finland's awesome. Sure. And you, Akari is something that you can you can point to because it's literally next door. Yeah, and go, yeah. Worth it. But how are you going to maximize your chance of success? What are the actual exactly. things that you're going to do or now going to do which maximize that that opportunity? Right. So the circus shear zone, which is the the structure that we think has pumped all the fluids mm. uh, that that has de- deposited all this gold in various places, runs mm. on our property uh, for. Uh, about 80 kilometers. That's the BT property and our 100% on ground as well. Assuming that that's the source of the fluids, the chances that those fluids passed all the way over uh, to Akari mm. and dropped a beautiful, consistent, mm. simple, efficient gold deposit there and didn't drop something else along the way is yeah. incredibly remote. Yeah. So we'd taken the Rupert playbook, which was primarily to do okay. base till right. sampling. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and where we have good geophysics and where we have other vectors, for instance, we have gold in the very proximate outcropping sediments, those are drill targets. And every day the company is drilling a hole, which could be the next degree. Every day the company's drilling a hole, which I guess could be the next Amorusco as well. But we are now looking in the rocks, uh, that tend to, to create the, the larger, easier gold deposits. Those were covered. We were a prospecting company. Almost all the work we did for years was in the outcropping sediments. Mm-hmm. And now we're in, uh, given, given the evidence that Rupert has provided to us of where the bigger fish, the easier fish will be, that's where we're looking now. And as I said, every, every week we're probably on to a new target with the drill. Okay. And every week we could be on to the next deposit. Okay. And you're managing the pace at which you go. Because right. clearly no one wants to be going raising money. Well, you definitely don't at these prices. You've been a lot higher previously. You've been punished like every other press metal company in the market at the moment. So you will manage the, the pace. Is it literally a new target every week? Is it li- when you say it's a new target every week, do you literally mean there's a new hole going in once a week? I'd say so, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, and, 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 and frankly, I can't know the details of the programs at a granular level because, of course, I'm frequently buying stock in the market. But uh, understanding our schedule, mm-hmm. uh, it takes probably two months still to get assays these days because it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, there's, a, there's a big bottleneck in getting core cut up and, uh, and smashed up and sent off to the labs. So what we want to do is work, let's say we have 25 high priority targets at the moment from the base of work we've already done, the geophysics and from past programs. What we wanna do is put one or two holes into each one of those targets, move on to the next target and the next and the next, and eventually we'll get assays back from target number one. And if we hit, well then, the whole game changes. Sure, like you move on to a different pathway. Yeah. And you know there are multiple ways for companies uh, in our position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first way is to find something fantastic and easy and hit it on the first drill hole and the second and third and the fourth. And well, that's what Ickery looks like. Of course, uh, James and Charlie toiled for four or five years doing generative work. And I think they might've drilled 80 holes in various different targets before they hit Ickery. 
And, uh, and so I don't think it, the journey will be quite that long for us. We have evidence that they didn't have. Thanks so much to, to James and Charlie. And of course, we have all the work we've done, outcropping exposures and, and a playbook, which I think is now proven uh, for the region. Yeah, okay. I, I guess you've got, a, you, you've got a few shortcuts in, yeah. in there, uh, which you didn't pay for, which is brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's always, always going to be time to pay for stuff. But, okay, so B2, got the money for that. They, when will they know what that drill program looks like? When will we know what that drill program looks like? So I think they're on the tail end of 18,000 meters yep. this year. And I'll remind you that uh, Ikari turned into 4 million ounces and only 36,000 meters of drilling. Uh, we've hit uh, consistently over two kilometers of strike now. Yeah. As I said, while it's three times the Ikari strike length, it, 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 it's narrower and it's slightly lower grade at the moment. Perhaps we'll hit some higher grade domains in there, which will change our view of that. But at the moment, the growth seems to be laterally and to the west. Okay. So uh, we don't know exactly what holes they're drilling now, but we do believe that their priority is to continue to grow the footprint. Okay. Look for the edges, as people say. And we think they want to make it big yeah. as quickly as they can or determine that it won't be. You see, here's, here's the difficult thing for us, us poor retail investors, <laughs> is trying to comprehend how to value that, right? right. B2 have a bunch of stuff going on mm -hmm. all over the world, they do. right? They've had some wins and they've had some tricky moments. Mm -hmm. You've got 30% of whatever Correct. this thing's valued at and I'm not quite sure how to value it. Yeah. This thing. So how do I then attribute that? And how do I say, well, you know, I, I need to pile in and buy some stock. Sure. I, we had Dave Garofalo here. Uh, yeah. I don't know, was it last year? Yeah, it was a fantastic interview. I, I greatly enjoyed your series on royalty companies. And I particularly enjoyed Dave's uh, lecture mm. on the Odyssey royalty that they bought when they bought Abitibi royalty. Mm. He was talking about giving Jimmy Lee the double bump. So <clears throat> Dave bought Abitibi royalties for Glenn Mullins, 3% yeah. NSR yeah. on a portion of the Malarctic property. And Glenn had a 30% JV <clears throat> on a portion of Malarctic that would be called Gouldie and on a portion of Malarctic that would become Odyssey, the yeah. underground future of Malarctic, a two gram underground mine, which is quite low grade actually. Yeah. And it was a 3%, so, so he had a 30% JV on that. When uh, Osisco sold itself to Ignico Niemana, Glenn sued claiming that his rofer had been triggered and uh, they settled by giving him a 3% NSR and 35 million bucks worth of Agnico and Imana stock. Over about a year, that stock rose to a $300 million market cap, and then Dave kindly bought it for, I think, maybe $330 million after it had paid for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So there are all kinds of data points out there. Obviously, uh, there are fewer minority interests that you see monetized at that level uh, than there are sole risk discoveries because, of course, <clears throat> minority interests are a subset of the total uh, number of exploration successes we've seen over the years. The Great Bear 2% NSR on Dixie just traded for $200 million. And uh, we could go back in history and look at some other data points. And I like to look at those royalties because often minority interests get diluted down below 10% and then automatically there's a royalty uh, that, 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 that can't be diluted. And we have such a clause in our, in our deal as well. In other cases... Reservoir Capital in Serbia, Miles was able to continue to contribute to the program and his share of TMOC ended up selling Reservoir for $500 million. <clears throat> AUEX, which was in a uh, uh, joint venture with, <clears throat> pardon me, 
<coughs> Frontier Gold, uh, our favorite, our favorite uh, mm. promoter, Marco Day. Uh, AUX had a 49% share of Long Canyon and was able to sell that for $300 million so that Frontier could sell itself to Newmont for uh, close to two. So it's tricky to monetize minority interests, but, but one common thread amongst all of those success stories is that those companies were able to contribute or they were carried. It's one or the other. So we aren't carried, but we are funded to contribute. Okay, there's a difference between valuing it and monetizing it. There is indeed. Right? So right now I'm interested in the valuing it because you're winning 55 million, 60 million market cap kind of company right now. Yes. With a whole bunch of your value, I suspect, allocated to the BT joint venture, right? Mm -hmm. So. Is it fairly valued? Is it heavily discounted at the moment? Have I got some upside that I can ride if, if B2 keep hammering those dollars in the ground next year? That's the bit that I, I'm, I'm really keen on. Sure. Or do, we, or do we kind of flatline for a little bit longer and, and let's see what happens at some point? Well, I think the easiest thing for the company to do right now in consideration of its stock price is to move forward deliberately drilling off targets that could be new discoveries. Mm -hmm. When James hit on Ickery in 10 holes, they added $800 million of market capitalization. Yeah. And the most likely place you will find another Ickery is either on our ground or on the joint venture ground or on James ground. Uh, so we're in the right neighborhood. For, for, for sure, but I guess so. I'm not articulating particularly sure. clearly. I'm saying I think there's two ways that people looking in are looking at your company in terms of valuing them and trying to work out are you fully valued right now or not mm -hmm. and it's the b2 portion aspect is a, a large part of how you're currently valued and the exploration blue sky i'm in the right jurisdiction in fact the right the right part of, of the world because i'm sitting beside all of this lovely gold next door there's that bit of it right so yes. you there, there's t there's two things I'm trying to work out the B2 bit because I think if you can help people understand how to value that, I think sure. that's a real quick win for you. The other is blue sky, wishful uh, thinking and good planning and luck and timing and a few dollars, right? The usual exploration stuff. But this thing feels a little bit closer to reality because you've got a big boy in there. Mm -hmm. and, and, and not just B2, obviously. Kinross owns 10% of our stock and Newman owns 3% of our stock. We tried to get the... The block from Newmont this year, they wouldn't sell it, which we, which was a happy uh, answer to get back. We had to find a, a block from someone else for an incoming investor. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, the location of Rupert's discovery and the location of our Helmi discovery would yeah. lead one to believe that perhaps they're the same deposit. Right. Uh, and uh, I'll, my, my hope and belief is that James' deposit will grow in various directions on his property. And my hope and belief is that our deposit will grow in various directions on our property. Uh, and so when you consider the, the synergies between the two projects, mm -hmm. and when you consider the presence of V2 as a partner, Kinross as a strategic investor in us, mm -hmm. Newmont as a semi-strategic investor of us, Agnico as a 14% shareholder of Rupert, having a gold mine in country, I think the chances for this area, which is producing new gold discoveries every year, to be of interest and to be consolidated is maybe on the higher end of likely. 
And I guess it, there are a variety of paths that could take. Uh, and uh, assuming none of them start with us, uh, it, it would potentially be beneficial on its own. But the immediate path to value, and I'm giving you a very long answer to a, Give me a, short, one. To a short question. I want the short one. <laughs> the, immediate, the, immediate, the immediate path to value is the joint venture begins to look larger as more drilling comes back. And I think uh, there are many investors in our stock who, who are sophisticated. You know, uh, you've had Rick Rule on, on the program before and a bunch of Rick stockbrokers in San Diego have mm -hmm. keen eyes on the stock. They became investors after the joint venture uh, yeah. discovery was made. And, and, you know, they love to support com companies like Cornerstone, for instance, uh, in Ecuador. And they were all big investors in, 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 they're all big investors in all the prospect generation companies. And they love it when a, a little guy has a, mm -hmm. a tag of a, of, of a big discovery because they know they're the guys, you know, they're the constituency for that. And then it's a, it's a boutique opportunity. So I think as the joint venture grows, and I think it will grow, uh, it'll really just be up to us to help close the gap through marketing, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And along the way, the programs that we're running have a pretty good chance of yielding something else. And then it'll be our job to get that into the value of the stock as well. Are there things in the stock that aren't valued right now? Amarusco has a zero value. I would argue that all the value in our stock, if you take the cash out, is in the joint venture, and yeah. even that's at a discount. Amarusco, yeah, Amarusco is is a beautiful discovery. It could be quite a substantial discovery. But again, are you going to go after that kind of target? It, it would be triple the drill density of Vickery, and given we know that those styles of, or, or that that style of deposit is present. We can't lose the opportunity to find one of those by putting our efforts into Amorisco at, 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 uh, at triple the, the, the drill density. So, but it is economically significant. It isn't being worked, it's been forgotten. It's had a whole bunch of newfound gold style holes in it. Uh, and uh, and it, will be, it will be monetized uh, in some way, shape or form if and when this camp comes together and gets consolidated. What's it worth? I can't say at the moment. Uh, however, there's enough data on it, I think, to, to tie its value, for instance, to the value of the Rupert Mill that's on Karen Maintenance right now, uh, were we to, to join all these properties together. So I, I think uh, that these are always path-dependent stories. Mm. And uh, we've been uh, knocked off of our optimum path, which was we made a discovery and we thought it would be easy and it was a little bit harder. Uh, and uh, and on to our, our second uh, best path, which is multiple discoveries, one however in a partnership and others in development. And, uh, and I feel uh, like when you look at where good gold assets are trading now in good jurisdictions, Malartic, half of Malartic just traded for $3 billion dollars got a 5.6% royalty load on it, uh, and it was still worth that much money. It's a one gram gold deposit going to a two gram underground deposit. So I feel like we're in the right jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. I feel like the camp is exploding with new discoveries every year. And I think that this is a product which works for all gold investors. Cheap, torquey. Give me this. Give me this. I've got to stop you. You've sold it. I oversold this. <laughs> um, I'd expect nothing less, given your background. <laughs> um, look, 
stay in touch about this. I think the exciting bit for me is you've got the money to meet your commitments with B2. You've got your money to do what you want to do with your own exploration um, for next year. Um, let's, let's see what that brings us. And we're running the company for shareholders, Matthew.